Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. So two weeks ago, we started the story of Christmas. Pastor Clint shared. Um, If you haven't gotten to listen to that, you should. It was all about how big things start small. So I just said, like, God sent Jesus to bring us eternal life. Like, that is a big, big deal. But it started as this itty bitty tiny baby. And how many people know babies can't do anything for themselves? My Lanta, nothing. I feel like the first six weeks of a baby's life, like I feel like they have to start smiling so that parents are like, oh, okay, you do like recognize that I'm keeping you alive. Those first six weeks are insane. Jesus. Almighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace started as an itty bitty baby because in the kingdom of God, really, really big things start small. But listen, he couldn't have come as a baby if he didn't have a mama. Somebody had to give birth to him. So this week we get to talk way more about Mary, which I love Mary. I feel like she's a little like not undervalued, but people don't think of what she had to do. Like she was a teenager and an angel came to her and was like, hey, you're going to get pregnant before you're married and you're going to bring the Messiah into the world. Like I was nervous enough bringing like regular kids into the world. I can't imagine the pressure that she would have felt bringing the Messiah into the world. And so we're today we're going to talk about favor because Mary found favor with God. She was a highly favored woman. So that's what we're talking about today because a lot of people in the Bible had favor. Like Moses had favor. Paul had favor. Jesus had favor. So what is it? And like, do we need it? And if so, how do we get it? That's what we're talking about today. And I was having a hard time kind of boiling favor into a single sentence. Um, I have a hard time being concise a lot of times. I think it's my ADHD. I'm just like, you get what I'm saying, right? Like that's where my brain is. So thankfully, Charles Stanley did not have ADHD and he had a really great concise uh, definition of God's favor. So he said that the favor of God is God's approval his acceptance, his support, his provision, his divine energy, and joy. And uh, there's more to it, but personally speaking, every time I find a really great parking spot, I'm like, this is the favor of God. This is the favor of God, especially in holiday seasons. Because how many of y'all know that parking is insane right now? Have y'all experienced that? Because I certainly have. Um, There was one time, it used to be crazier back when you did Black Friday shopping. Before you could shop online, how many people did Black Friday shopping? Like you woke up at midnight, you went shopping. Yes, me too. I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. This Black Friday, I bought everything from my couch and I didn't (laughs) miss the midnight shopping. But there was one time that we were going Black Friday shopping. Me and my mom, my cousin and my aunt, I don't remember where we were, but we were all going together and we had been looking for a parking spot for a minute and it was packed. We could not find one. And so um, finally we see an empty one and we're like, oh, this is it. It wasn't even close, but we were like, this is it. We found a parking spot and we go to start pulling in and there's this old man standing there like this. And I was like, did he get lost? 
did he like have to take a break? Like what, what is he doing? And next thing you know, he looks at us, he, op- he like widens his stance and he goes, and somebody had dropped grandpa off to hold their, like to go find a spot and stand there so that somebody could come and claim that spot. And I was like, this is not living in the favor of God right now. This is not it. But I was remember being super, super frustrated. And I know that that's a silly thing of thinking like the favor of God, but I do. I think it because one of the ways God shows favor is like actual favors. There's a little, we'll get to that in just a second, but um, we're talking about favor today. This is my rabbit trail moment. There we go. We're talking about favor today because we're working through the story of Christmas. We can't get talk about Christmas without Mary because Jesus could not have been born without Mary. And nobody knows exactly how old she was, but most people think that she was only 15 or 16 years old. That's it, like 15 or 16 years old, which culturally speaking, that was normal. It wasn't crazy, but that is very young. Imagine when you were 15 or 16 years old and then this happens to you, an angel appears and not just any angel, but Gabriel, like Gabriel, the angel appears to her and he says, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. And I love that sometimes the Bible is so relatable because I cannot imagine how confused I would be if an angel just started talking to me and called me favored woman. I'd be like, what is happening? What have I done? You know what I'm saying? So that's relatable. But then he goes on. He says, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. I'm talking pressure, guys. Man, what? Gabriel told Mary that he had big, big plans for her and he was using her because she had found favor with God. And like I alluded to earlier, in those two verse, in those verses, there's two different kinds of favor that Gabriel is talking about. The first one is whenever he says, greetings, favored woman. And the word used here is charitu. And so it's almost kind of like where we get charity from. It means to give someone a benefit out of favor or kindness. So these are when God does us favors. When we find a great parking spot or we get a really amazing tip at work that we weren't expecting about or that weather for your event was perfect. Like you, would, you were hoping that it was going to be and then it was perfect. Um, it's those moments that God blesses us when he doesn't have to, but he chooses to anyways. He just does us a favor. But unlike our favors that typically like you kind of think if I do you a favor, you're going to do me a favor, right? Like that's our human mindset. Thankfully, that is not God's mindset. And I remember there was one time specifically when I was thinking about favors that God has done. Um, we lost our first baby when we were super young and we had already had a cruise planned, which was wonderful in God's timing for us to have a cruise at the end of the week. And so we uh, knew that we were going to need a hotel to stay in because if you haven't cruised and you're planning a cruise, don't plan to travel the day of the cruise because you might not make it. And if you don't get on the cruise ship, they don't wait for you. They just go, bye. And so we knew that we were going to need a hotel room to stay in. And um, somebody that worked at the church or served in the student ministry at the church we were in was like, oh, I work for Gaylord. I can get you a, a room at... Gaylord Palms, hundred bucks. And we were like, great, awesome, thank you. And so, you know, we didn't think anything of it. Fast forward months and months and months, 
we're down there at Disney because we thought you can't be sad at the happy pla pla happiest place on earth, but you can be. <laughs> you can be very sad. And we were sitting at Magic Kingdom. I'll remember like looking out at all of the people talking to the characters and having so much fun right when you walk in Magic Kingdom. And I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I just want to go to the hotel room and like go to sleep. I just can't people. And so we decided to pack up and head over. We went over to Gaylord Palms, walked in, um, checked in. And she was, oh my gosh, Mr. and Mr. Lam Mr. and Mrs. Lamberth, we're so excited you're here. We've been waiting for you. So-and-so will show you up to your room. So we're 22, and I was like, this is kind of weird. I've never been escorted to my room before, but maybe this is just what they do. And so they walk us up, and we realize that we got escorted because we were not in, like, a normal hotel room. We were in, like, something bigger than our apartment. Like, I'm talking multiple balconies, like, huge bathroom, bedroom, dining room, everything. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And it perked me up for a second and I cried and I was like, thank you so much, God. Like, thank you for this. And that was incredible. But the thing that was specific to God was later I was sitting there, Clint was in the shower. I was sad again. And, um, I had heard a knock at the door. And so I walked to the door and I saw it was, a. Uh, food, like room service. I didn't order anything, but room service was there. And this guy pushed the, the cart in and there were four things on the cart. There were peanut M&Ms, chocolate chip cookies, Dr. Pepper and Diet Coke. And you might hear that and go, Ugh. but I looked at it and went, those are my favorite things. Those four things are my favorite guilty pleasures, my favorite snacks, my favorite everything. And Jonathan, who booked us the room, I think I had spoken two words to him. He had no idea what my favorites were, but God knew. And God showed me favor that day to remind me, hey, I see you. Hey, I'm with you. Like, that's the favor of God, this charitu favor. And before we go any further, I want to make it super, super super clear that God's favor has nothing to do with how good we are. It has nothing to do with how good we are. That's my hair hitting the microphone, isn't it? It has nothing to do with how good we are. It's all about how good God is. Because if God never did another favor for any of us in the entire world, what he's already done is enough for us to praise him. But listen to this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance when he knew who we were, when he knew what we were going to do, when he knew everything about us to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered, us, sh showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. So like our present freedom and like good things in our life are great and our eternal Freedom and life with him is great, and that is worth 
praising him forever and ever and ever. But God is so good that he keeps showing us favor and he does it because he is good. Because it says in Ephesians, that verse, it said that he did it because it gives him pleasure to have a relationship with us and to do those things for us. He's our father and he chose to adopt us. And this, this idea of adoption, that wasn't really a thing in the Hebrew world. Like we, we know all about adoption. We've got some adopted babies, like we get it, but that wasn't really a thing, but it was in the Roman world. And in the Roman world, this adoption wasn't of babies because when you adopt a baby, you don't really know what you're going to get. You know, like you don't, you don't know who they're going to grow up to be. You don't understand exactly everything that's inside of them. But in the Roman world, they adopt adopted adults. Sounds crazy, but it was their way of like ensuring that their families continued. And so people that didn't have any sons would choose to adopt a boy or a, a young man to carry on their family name. And they did that knowing exactly who they were, knowing exactly what they had done, knowing exactly everything about them. And that's what God has done for us. We don't have to wait to like, oh, but what's he going to think when I, he already knows that you've done that. Or what's he going to think if I, he already knows that you're going to do that. And he has still chosen to adopt you. And he has still decided that that brings him pleasure. And I don't know everybody's relationships with their earthly fathers, but I do know that that can kind of skew our view of God as a good father. Maybe your dad uh, was really hard to please. Maybe you felt like you could never do the right thing or say the right thing, um, that he was just never exactly happy with you. Or maybe your dad never spoke a kind word to you. Or maybe he laid hands on you. Or maybe you only got his approval if you met his expectations and he, he was manipulative. That isn't God. We have to remember that God is perfect. He's not like our earthly fathers. Even if our earthly fathers are great, my dad's amazing. God's even better. Jesus in Matthew 7 says, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? I'm telling you at Christmas time, sometimes I feel like my kids think I do that. Like they're like, you got me that Pokemon set. And I'm like, Yes, I did, because they all look the same, and there's a whole wall of them, and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying my best. But no, of course you don't. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask them? Ask him. So the favor of God is not coming with strings attached. The favor of God is not coming after we have met his expectations. The favor of God isn't coming as like, uh, I'm really sorry that I said that thing or I did that thing or I hit you like here, have this so you forget about it. It's not coming like that. He pours his favor out on us because he is a good father. So we've got the charitu favor where God actually like does favors for us, right? But then there's another kind of favor that's in there, this verse. The second time we see favor is a different word. So in Luke 1, it says, Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. So this verse, or the word here, whenever it says you found favor with God, is charis. It's a different word with a different meaning. This kind of favor is an even bigger deal because this kind of favor is the difference between somebody who 
has a call on their life from God, God has asked them to do something um, and they accomplish it. And somebody who has a call on their life that God has asked them to do something and they never quite make it. This, this kind of favor, this cares favor is the difference there. It's, the, it's a supernatural grace that God gives us to do whatever it is that he's asked us to do. And so I wanted a way to tangibly show this. Because this is, this is what, like, when we do what we can do, and then God pushes it to make it even better, right? So um, let's say this little jar, it represents God's call on your life, whatever he's asked you to do. For me, you know, I'm going to say plant a church, right? For you, maybe it's be a really great parent, or write a book, or start a nonprofit, or serve this job faithfully, or whatever it is. For the sake of this example, we're going to say that this, God has asked you to start a business, okay? This is the call of God on you. This represents what you've already got, what God has already put inside of you, the skills that you have, that kind of stuff. So let's say that this is you went to school for business, right? That's something that you did on your own. You are really good with people, like really good with people. That's going to benefit you in business. Um, you've already done this job somewhere else. You've already learned the ropes. Like you kind of know what you're doing. Uh, you've got what you need, like financially to get it started. Um, it could be you're super excited about it and you've got that excitement to like get started. Right. And you'll see like, this is, this is pretty good. You know, it's about halfway through. And I think that you could, you could do a business that, was about halfway there. Like people don't have the favor of God and they've run businesses that are very successful and it's fine, but we don't have to do that. We can have God's favor. So this is God's favor. God's favor in your business is whenever you meet that person that's just like perfect, it's divine appointment and they take your business to this like next level that you never thought it could be. Or this is when you... <laughs> This is when you find that spot, that location that's like, oh, we could never be there, but it's open and it's in your budget. Or this is when you have good business decisions. Like you, you, are, you have direction and you have discernment and you have divine wisdom to make good decisions and to miss out on decisions that are going to hurt you. Or this is when you have like the, the will to keep going when it gets hard and that the excitement that you had kind of fades because everybody knows it's going to turn into a grind, right? This is God's favor. And what does God's favor do? It takes what God has called you to do and it gets it to a level that you could never do on your own. Yes, this stuff, this, this is good, but God's favor is so much better. And this is the difference. God's favor is the difference between something that is just, it's okay, to something that's incredible because God's a part of it. God's call on your life is probably going to look like something that Mary was facing. Like, what are you talking about? You're asking me to bring the Messiah into the world. I'm not even married yet. How am I going to do that? His call is probably going to be something that's bigger than anything you can do. And that's on purpose because he wants to give us favor to make it happen. He wants us to rely on him for the favor to make it happen. The favor of God is about three things. It's about his goodness. Again, I'm going to just 
say that until you hear it. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your goodness. It's only because God is good that we have favor. Number two, it's about his purposes. He gives us favor to accomplish what he's planned for us. It's not about our plans, our will, our desires. It's about what he has already planned for us. I'm, like I said, I'm sure that sweet Mary wasn't planning on giving birth to the Messiah as an unwed teenage mother. But that was like a Ephesians 3.20 thing. Like, man, God did way more than she could ever ask or expect, right? I think the most important part of this story is something that we haven't read yet. It's, it continues in verse 31 of Luke 1. Um, so Gabriel says, you'll conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, be called the son of the most high. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? Mary didn't say, no, you have the wrong person. Mary didn't say, that's impossible. Mary didn't say, I'm not doing that. She simply asked how. She remained open to God pouring his favor into her life. So if you feel like God is asking you to do something that is crazy and it's impossible and it doesn't make any sense, he probably is and lean into it. Ask him, how? How are you going to do that? Because it's about his purposes, not ours. Number three, it's about his perspective. It's about his perspective. If I were choosing somebody to bring the Messiah into the world, I'm not going to choose a 16-year-old single mom, you know? I'm going to pick, like, Susie Homemaker, who's had 15 kids and has an army to help her raise him. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that's what God did in Mary. Or if I was going to choose a couple that was going to have a baby that was going to end up being the nation of my chosen people, I'm not choosing the 90-year-old couple who's never had a baby before, you know? Like, they're old. Why would I do that? But that's what God did when he chose Abraham and Sarah, and the whole nation of Israel came from their family. Or if I was going to free an entire nation, I'm not choosing the guy that has a stutter who murdered somebody in this country to go back and speak to the most powerful person in the known universe with a stutter where he's a, like a known murderer to try to let go of all of the slaves. That's a big ask. Like Moses wasn't like, um, hey, this would be great if, he said, hey, let go all of your free labor. Let them go. They, you just need to, you need to let them go. But that's what God did. He did that with Moses. Moses had a stutter. He had murdered somebody and run away from Egypt. And God chose Moses because God chooses people that don't make sense. Quite frankly, if I were to choose people to plant a church in Hendersonville, Tennessee, I probably wouldn't have chosen me and Clint. And yet here we are because this God's perspectives are so much bigger and so different than ours. Isaiah says that my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. His favor doesn't have to make sense to us because it's not about our perspective. And his perspective is so much better than ours. So how do you get his favor? How do you get the favor of God? Number one, you've got to recognize you need it. You have to recognize that you need it. Because like I said, you can live your life without the favor of God. This, this works. This is okay but it's going to be exhausting. It's going to be pushing a boulder up Mount Everest. It's going to be swimming against a very, very, very strong current. 
And it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. Because when you have the favor of God, that's when you can actually accomplish what it is that God has asked you to do. And then it's not by your power. Your power didn't do it. It was God's favor that's going to help you accomplish what he has asked you to do. When Mary heard what God wanted her to do, she knew that this was something that she couldn't do on her own. She knew it. And she said, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. She saw her need for God's favor to come into her life, to help her do what it was that he had called her to do. And she submitted herself to his plans. And you know who else had God's favor? Jesus. Jesus had God's favor. Luke 2.52 says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So I understand why he grew in favor with man. Like he, he needed Nicodemus to like him so that he could open up his house and he could go in and talk to him. And he needed Mary and Martha and Lazarus to uh, love him so that when Lazarus died, they knew who to call. Like he needed people to, uh, he needed to have favor with people, but he was God and yet he had favor with God. And I really don't even have all of the answers to how all of that works. But I can tell you that if Jesus needed God's favor to accomplish what it was that God had asked him to do, how much more do we? How much more do we need God's favor to accomplish all it is that God has called us to do if Jesus himself needed God's favor? So you have to recognize and acknowledge that you need it, that you can't do it on your own. Then you've got to position yourself to receive it. There wasn't like this big cosmic hat with a bunch of names written on it. And God went, Mary, Mary is going to be the mother of Jesus. Like that's not how it works. God had been watching Mary and he knew that Mary was going to say yes to him because from a young age, she had put herself in a position where she was learning about God. She was saying yes to little things that God had asked her to do. She was committed to God and to his ways. And she made spiritual things a priority in her life. And again, God's favor has nothing to do about our goodness. It's all about how good God is. But our holiness plays a part in it. Our holiness plays a part in it because holiness is not goodness. It's not just a list of do's and don'ts and making sure you're checking off the right things. Holiness is an attitude of setting ourselves apart about living a life that looks different from the world. And it's not about perfection, but it's about a posture. It's a posture of daily, maybe hourly or sometimes minutes. If you are a mom that stays home with your kids, it has to remind your soul to point back to Jesus, but you are pointing yourself back to the gospel, back to Jesus, back to God. And you are choosing to live a life that is submitting to the ways that God wants us to live. God's favor is not based on our goodness, but our holiness does make a difference. I tried to figure out how to do this like in real life, but I couldn't figure out a way that didn't end up with oil all over the floor and we don't own this building. So I'm gonna need you guys to just imagine and work with me. But what if you had a crack right here? There was a crack 
And this crack had started because there's this secret addiction that you never tell anybody about. And you don't get any help. You just live with it and it owns you. It causes a little crack right here. And maybe there's another crack right here that's your uh, attitude about people who aren't like you. You know, like you talk about loving people, but then you see somebody that's not really like you and your attitude isn't so great. Or maybe there's another little crack over here and that's where uh, this relationship that's just toxic and it's not good for you and you, you know that you don't need to be in it, but you just stay in it and it's just drawing you further and further and further away from God and from the Bible and from the body of Christ. If we allow these cracks in our life to stay there without trying to do anything about it, God's favor is just going to pour right out. It has nowhere to stay. It's just going to fall away. We have to position ourselves to receive the favor of God. We've got to be making an effort to live a holy life. Again, it's not perfection. It's a posture. It's a posture of turning yourself every day back to God. God, how do you want me to live? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to watch? What do you want me to talk about? It's that. He's not looking for perfection, but he's looking for the posture. And number three, we've got to ask for it. We've got to ask for it. It's not weird to ask God for his favor. It's not forward. It's not inappropriate. It's not like awkward for God for us to ask for his favor. Remember, he finds pleasure in the relationship with us. He finds pleasure in giving us good gifts. He finds pleasure in equipping us to do what he has called us to do. So it's not weird to God that we would ask him for this favor. You have to have what God is going to give you to do the assignment that he's given you in, his, in your life. It's, you can't do it on your own. You can do it. You can't do it well. You can't do it well, and you don't have to do it on your own. God has this favor that he wants to pour out on you and you've got to ask for it. So if you feel overwhelmed, maybe you're trying to get a business off the ground and you feel overwhelmed and you don't know what to do. Ask God for his favor. Or maybe you are eyeball deep in school and you're like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out of this. I don't know what to do next. Ask God for his favor on that. Or if you're a parent and you're like, oh, I can't do one more Christmas party. I can't do one more extra cake. I can't do one more anything. <laughs> These kids are driving me nuts. Ask God for his favor. He wants to give us what we need to do what he's called us to do. And all of those things, starting a business, being a great parent, being a great employee, maybe you're frustrated at work and you don't know what to do. Ask God for his favor to give you the grace that you need to do what he has called you to do. We have to acknowledge that we need it. We have to position ourselves to receive it. And then we simply just have to ask for it. God is a good God and he loves to give his people favor. I want you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes. That just helps remove distractions. Um, nothing crazy happens when you bow your heads and close your eyes. But I think I really do think that it helps us listen to the Holy Spirit better. 
And this end part of the service, I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to practice these three things because I believe that there are uh, people in here who God has a big call on your life and you need God's favor to accomplish it. So I want you guys to sit here and as we're quiet, just be talking to God. I want you to ask God, what do you need his favor for? Maybe there's something in your life that you don't even realize, but you're trying to strong arm your way through it. You're trying to just push through and make it happen. And you're trying to accomplish this call all on your own strength. And let me tell you something, that is going to be exhausting and it's going to be frustrating. And I'm not saying that the favor of God is going to make everything sunshine and rainbows and a piece of cake, because that's not true. I can tell you that this call that God has on our lives to plant this church, this has been the hardest thing that we've ever done. It is not sunshine and rainbows, but it would be impossible without the favor of God. Where in your life are you trying to do it on your own? Where has God called you to do something, asked you to do something, assigned you, whether by telling you or just making it happen? Listen, if you're a parent, you're called to be a parent. If you're working for something, for somebody, you are called to be a good employee. All of us are called to love God and to love people. Whatever your calling is, you've got one. And how are you finding God's favor in it? Take a second and recognize your need for God's favor. It can pray something as simple as just, I'm sorry for trying to do this on my own. I recognize I can't do this without your favor. Next, I want you to take a second and look at the cracks that maybe are in your jar. The areas that they're not really set apart. And remember, we're never going to be perfect and there's so much grace but we do need to strive to live a life that is set apart, that is marked by holiness. And as you're sitting there, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you of something, I want to make sure I remind you, the Holy Spirit's conviction is not shame. It's not guilt. It's not any of that. It's grace that turns us to repentance. If the Holy Spirit's convicting you of something, you can turn away from that. Repent, it just means turn away. Turn away from whatever it is that is cracking your jar and position yourself to receive God's grace. We can't live one way on Sunday and completely different the other six days of the week. And you know, Job prayed uh, in the book of Job and uh, he said, show me my sins, even ones I'm not aware of. Remember, conviction and shame aren't the same. Shame says you're the problem. Conviction says you have a problem. Conviction spurs you to repentance, to turn away from that sin and live, live a different way. So take a second. Tell God what's going on in your life and commit to turning away. Even if you have to commit to turning away again tomorrow and the next day and the next day, the Holy Spirit is working. And lastly, I, wanna, I want you guys to ask for God's favor in your life. Ask him to pour out 
his favor on you and fill you up with his favor and grace to do whatever it is that God has called you to do. And when you ask, be ready to look for it. Because the more we open our spiritual eyes, the more we are aware of God working, the more we're going to notice it and the more our faith is going to be built up. Like I said, Mary didn't start by being the mother of the Messiah through immaculate conception. Mary said yes to little things and saw good work, God work in little ways. And she had enough faith that whenever God brought her something this big, she said, okay, how are you going to do that? She didn't run. She didn't back away. She didn't say, no, I can't because she had said yes and watched God work and noticed it. The more we're going to see God work, the more our faith is going to be built up. And for someone in here, honestly, maybe you just need to start with something as simple as admitting that you need God at all, that you've been living this life without God in any way, shape, or form. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus today, today is the day that you can start one. Because yes, he was born as a baby, but he grew up and lived a perfect life. He died on a cross went into a tomb and was raised three days later. So not only did he beat sin, but he beat death. He did that for you and for me to cover up our sins so that we can live a full life now and an eternal life with him in heaven. So if you want to start a relationship with Jesus today, you can pray, God, I recognize I need you. I can't keep doing life on my own. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Come into my life in the best way I know how. I'll live for you. And listen, if you prayed that prayer, please let us know on the connect card because we want to come alongside you on this journey. Uh, God, we recognize that our need for you, we cannot do everything that you have called us to do without your favor. God, I pray that you pour favor out on every single person sitting in this room. Every single person is going to listen to a podcast, watch it on Facebook, whatever. God, I pray that you pour your favor out on them in such a way that they see it, they feel it, they notice it, and that you get the glory from it. God, we are so grateful that the kingdom of heaven does not work like earth. We are so grateful that we don't have to earn your favor. We don't have to check the right boxes to be able to be used by you. God, we are grateful, grateful, grateful for you for sending Jesus to come as a sweet baby. God, you deserve all of the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise this season. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.